0: Are you a starseed? Do you have a mission here on Earth? Do you sometimes struggle to fit in? You're in the right place. Join me and special guests as we share our personal stories as Galactic Ground Crew here on Becoming Iris. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Becoming Iris. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And I would also encourage you to go and listen to the past episodes as well. Today, I'm very excited. I have a very, very special guest and also a dear friend, Dr. Anthony Rafferty, also known as Tony. Welcome to the show, Tony.
1: Oh, it's such a such a pleasure to be able to come and chat to Iris. Um, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you. So I like to introduce people through the lens of who they are to me. Obviously, this podcast is my personal journey. So Tony and I actually met in Dublin, Ireland in, I'm going to say, the end of 1999. It was definitely around about that time. And we met through mutual friends. So we were best friends with sisters, a big shout out to the Duffy sisters And that's how we met. We met a few times in Ireland and then Tony came to Australia and we pretty much were out of touch. I think we saw each other on social media, but it was really probably in the last six to 12 months that we were observing each other, I would say, from a distance and just being like, oh, there's some synchronicity here. And then it was really only, I'm going to say, less than eight weeks ago (laughs) that we reconnected. and I. I had a feeling that Tony was meant to come to the UK on a pilgrimage. I reached out to him, and to cut a long story short, he came. And so we're here today to share a little bit about our journey together. And also, Tony's going to speak into what he does. But this is just um, like to try and fit everything into a little 45 minute podcast is impossible. So I would love you Tony just to in your own words um explain a little bit about what it is that you do you know who you be in the world yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so i god where do you begin <laughs> i feel like i've lived many lifetimes and even just this one physical <laughs> life um so i'm tony and i'm from dublin and ireland and i suppose God, my adventure started many, many years ago, I think, and I spent a long time in my teens delving deep into kind of my spirituality, my spiritual work, not realizing it was laying the foundation for a lot of the stuff that's actually happening now. And it was quite interesting. I decided in my early 20s that I was going to go and study. Um, I went and I did a science degree. Uh, I then kind of majored in marine biology and was taken to the States where I did a master's in environmental management and then headed off to take up a PhD role over in Australia along the Barrier Reef where I did a lot of sea turtle research. And all the time during that period of my life, I was getting exposed to nature and kind of the world around us, which completely fascinated me at the time and just the devastating we impact we were having as a human race on on this beautiful earth that we were living upon and we were residents upon that domain. And um, now I didn't really realize the significance of all of these Uh, events up until probably even realistically the last couple of months (laughs) it's all become more apparent to me why I went on this journey which I'll tell you a little bit when I was in uh, Australia then I was basically called to work more with people and I started volunteering and working at the local women's hospital there I'm very much interested in women's health And I got really heavily involved in the research that was being done preterm birth with small little babies that had been born too soon. And that essentially led me down a medical path. And I went back to study medicine in the UK then. Um, And then for the initial years of my medical training, I worked in the UK. I came back and worked in Ireland, did a lot of women's health work and and work with children and was during my weeks in medical practice in Ireland, where I felt that things had become so siloed. We'd become totally detached from who people were as individuals. We were kind of putting band-aids and labels on symptoms that were so much deeper than we could fathom in the mainstream medical system. And I became incredibly frustrated. And I think I went through a dark night of the soul at that stage through a major relationship breakdown and kind of this period of um, work life where I was working over 100 hours a week kind of compromised my own energy and my own soul existence and um, to help others but helping them in a very limited way and it just didn't make sense to me. So I began looking more into kind of traditional medical practices because I was like if these practices have been around for thousands of years how in mainstream medicine over the last only couple of hundred years, what are we missing here? And when I began to look into all of these different practices, one thing became very apparent was that energy was such a huge part of all of these traditional practices. So I delved deeper and deeper into that. I went and did Reiki attunements. I began my shamanic journey. Well, it was a shamanic awakening more so than than anything that led me to (laughs) the more formal training pathways. But my soul knew what it was doing. It was just waking up to all of the knowledge that it had had in previous lives. And that has literally transformed my my medical practice, and I've actually stepped mainly out of mainstream medicine now to to work mainly on a soul and an energetic level to help people heal. But this is when the the piece of the, the universe, the earth and guy comes back into it. Because I've realized through my shamanic work that I can speak to the land and hear what the land is saying. So all of that time that I spent traveling um, and studying the world around us, the natural world, it was in preparation for this part of my journey now. So it's not just about helping people heal and the energetics of of humans. It's also about tuning into the earth and the land and hearing the kind of the stories of the land and what the land needs to heal to. So that's led me to here, essentially. (laughs) And when we basically reconnected only just a short time ago, um, that we've known each other for many lives, I have no doubt. It's amazing because it helped to awaken parts of myself that were laying dormant with. So it's been a gift over the last couple of months to on this rapid, transformative journey with you by my side, but yeah, it's also been amazing to kind of start to realize actually all of the pieces of the puzzle are really fitting together now. But where i would come from on this journey to, to who I am evolving into now. So that's that's a, just a little snapshot condensing all these different lives into <laughs> into just a couple of minutes.
0: Yeah, well, I love that you shared about reflecting on your story and the places that you went and the things that you did and how you can see that that's weaving into what's manifesting now, because that's, I don't think we've actually specifically spoken about that, but that's definitely what I've been reflecting on as well is even just, you know, how we first met and and the importance of that meeting and how, what could be seemingly random events actually are by design, and that we might not know in the moment why we've met a certain person, or we've had a certain experience, or being got potentially worked in a job which seemed random or like that had no meaning. But then later on, we'll be like, "Oh, that was why because I needed to meet that person, or I needed to get that that key or that tool or whatever it was." So, definitely, am feeling everything that you shared. And, yeah, and I'd love to talk a bit more about the earth and the land piece because that feels sort of like um, a big part of our work that we are stepping into or have been called to do together. Um yeah. So... I'd love for you to share just a little bit about, and I would want to preface this by saying that we're still in, we had, <laughs> we sat with, should we do this podcast now? Should we do this podcast later? But because of so, so many things coming in and because we're sort of stepping into the next um, chapter of our journey, we're sort of holding these two energies of wanting to keep sacred what we have in our Current pilgrimage group, which is not yet complete because some of the women have not yet returned home. And then also simultaneously opening up the new energy for the new group. So, we're going to share just snippets, like high level, what we can share at the moment. And then subsequently, we'll share more in depth. But if you could just speak into a bit about what it was that we actually did, like what this UK pilgrimage was about from your perspective, because I'd love to hear it in your words.
1: Oh, my God, where to even begin on one of the most magical weeks that I've ever had. (laughs) As I get further into my journey as a healer for people, (laughs) um, because there's many forms of, of healing that I do now. But the further I get into my journey with that, I was like, this is my soul's calling to do this. But I didn't really realize that your sole purpose can be very different to what you do on the day to day. And although I feel I am I am a healer, I'm coming into being with that and leaning more and more into that on the day to day and kind of breaking away from the constraints of what academia and medicine has taught me within my ego mind, just to step more into the kind of that spiritual existence and that soul existence and what the soul call is. And the reason that I mentioned kind of this soul's purpose piece versus the the soul's call on the day-to-day, I realized they're actually, they are quite different in a lot of ways because I didn't really feel I knew what my soul's purpose was to the depth of the level that I do now until we went on this adventure. So that's why, to me, that pilgrimage was such a significant awakening on my journey, because I got a deeper understanding of what my soul is here to do. So essentially, I got this voice note of you on Instagram, like literally two months ago. And Iris was just like, Tony, I feel called to get in touch with you because... I feel you have to come on this adventure with me. And even listening to the message, (laughs) my body, I could feel the energy rise in my body. I call it my spirit tingles when I get messages from spirit that radiate down through my body. And the spirit tingles were out full force. They were like, Tony, you're doing this. You don't even know what it is, but we're telling you you're going. (laughs) So within like, I remember... I kind of i would missed some of your messages on Instagram because of the time difference and everything. And you popped through another few messages and you were like, I don't want to put pressure on. But like this is a bit time sensitive. So we need to talk. And I was like, oh, this is important. We need to talk. And within 12 hours, we'd had a phone conversation. I think it was a further 24 hours. I'd booked my flights like it all came together literally like this. So it was really synchronistic because I do some mainstream medical work and I also have my own private practice in which I do my healings. And when I looked at the calendar for the week that you would proposed, my clinical work had been cancelled and my own private practice work. All the clients had rebooked their appointments for different times. So this week in a usually very busy schedule had completely opened up for me. And I just thought, this is unusual. This never happens. <laughs> mm. And I thought it was a sign. from Obviously, we needed to do this together. And so, yeah, stepping onto the plane, I had no expectations. I didn't know what was going to happen. I hadn't seen Iris for the guts of, like, what was it, 15 or 20 years at that stage. And it was just about leaning into any little fear-based narrative that was going on and just feeling the the soul's call to come and do what we did. So I suppose we probably need a whole podcast series to go into detail about this. But essentially, (laughs) when we arrived into London, Iris and I met the evening that we arrived and we had the most magical conversations we went totally galactic with everything talking about our our kind of star race like past and I just felt so soul connected on a on a different level and it was just it was like our souls were reuniting after kind of many years of kind of an awakening period in which we began to see who are, who we truly were inside that we didn't know when we met 25 years ago, meeting in Gibneys and Malahide, <laughs> And it was so beautiful for ourselves to see each other, truly to see each other and to meet again, but with a deeper understanding of actually and a remembering of who we were and why we'd come together as Iris and the dragon, essentially, (laughs) which we'll tell you a little bit about as we go through. But we essentially met and we picked up this absolutely spectacular bunch of women the next morning that had been called to be on this pilgrimage with us. And essentially Iris had been called to all of these different sites and I I always feel and it became very apparent throughout the space that week that Iris had this beautiful Jaguar energy. We began calling her the tracker because Iris just knew where we needed to be that day. Iris knew where we needed to be. And knew where the energy was that we were being called to. And it was so beautiful to observe the dance that we did together kind of stepping in and out of this kind of divine masculine feminine energy and kind of weaving this beautiful path together, stepping into the masculine when it was called to and then being able to step out and back into the divine feminine to let the energy flow in whatever way it needed to be while uh, while the other pair, uh, part of the soul group, essentially, could step in and kind of hold that balance and that beautiful yin and yang energy between the two of us So the unity of the energy that we brought was just so magic. And we used to get up in the morning, I'd do my meditation, my mantra work, and I'd get visions of where we needed to be for the day. And I'd tell Iris, and then Iris would know exactly where we would find that. And Iris would be called to the the exact locations I was having in my visions in the morning time. So it was absolutely divinely inspired from the The minute I got that voice note until the minute we (laughs) we touched down on home soil in Ireland and Australia again. And essentially, spirit led us on the most magical journey with the land. And it kind of it all began to unfold when we got drawn to the crop circle space and we went to the most magical little museum. And the minute we walked into the museum, there was a big eye that had literally just formed one of the, the, the crop fields the day before. And Iris was like, we need to be here. And I don't know what it was, that I just looking at us as we came through the door. It, it became symbolic for the whole trip, essentially, the third eye, the vision. So we were drawn to this space and essentially, as soon as we walked into the field, the land began to speak to me and tell me tales of what had happened for many many years previously and i just got a deep sense that this crop circle and crop circles had been forming as a mark on the land of the locations that needed the most healing in these different locations and in in, in the most beautiful synchronistic turn of events the women that had come together the vibrational energy of the group and what we brought to the space was just what was needed for this journey, for for kind of offering healing to the land at different locations. And we met the most magical people while we were at that crop circle that then offered for us to come back to a harp ceremony that evening. And when we went back, it was like a mermaid was singing to us, listening to this harp. And to be able to see the healing that our energies collectively and the music from this beautiful spiritual being was creating in this space. And the land was basically telling me that we were healing it by just being present with it, tuning into it, tuning into the guardians of the land. And that basically marked the beginning of a huge journey in which we traveled around. Having visions and being guided by spirit to essentially heal different parts of the of the land that had been wounded in historical times and without going too deep into it because I like as soon as I start speaking about it I just want to tell all these beautiful stories of what we saw and the visions that came through and how it unfolded for us over the week but I feel that energy is still sacred so I'm trying to keep it <laughs> at the surface of, of kind of what what happened but We basically got led on a journey through Avery, all these beautiful, magical sites. We visited Stonehenge and spoke to the guardians of the land there. We met the most beautiful witches and the most beautiful shamans that helped us to heal on our journey, to be able to access those deeper parts of ourselves, to become more and more in tune with our visions, our knowing, our guidance from spirit. and. It all culminated essentially in in Glastonbury at the heart chakra of the world. Where we essentially offered some very deep energetic healing to the chakra. And I think it it became very apparent to Iris and I during that time through a very clear, crisp message from spirit that our soul's call, our soul's purpose was to visit the chakras around the world and to anchor light into those spaces and to help heal mother earth and the vibrational and ripple effect won't just impact the earth it has much greater implications for even just the cosmos and and the universal energy at large so i feel so deeply grateful to have been offered the opportunity but just in knowing that we have a, a, a great mission of healing and connection with the land ahead of us is so exciting and essentially I think one of the main reasons why we were guided on this journey in the first place to unite our energies to hold each other in that space together and to kind of get a deeper recognition of of our soul's call our soul's purpose in this physical form so I don't know I like I don't want to go into too much more detail is that too much detail I don't even know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love what you shared. I love it. And I feel that just to mention that as well as healing the land and um, our own personal healing, so there was healing taking place, it was almost like we all went quite deep with our own healing in the first part of it. So people were getting sick, there was purging, there was things happening, and it was a beautiful Collaboration that took place with all of us working together, and it's the thing I just would like to mention about a pilgrimage versus a retreat is that we're all co-creating the space together in a deep way. So the people that are called, it's a soul calling, and they've they've a purpose. They've an offering. Their energy is is instrumental in what we do. So it's different to a retreat where there, there may be more of an expectation that you come and pay money and have this experience and everything's done for you, which has its time and place, and we'll definitely be having those types of offerings as well. But pilgrimage to me is really this reciprocal exchange between us and the land, wherever we're being called to, where we come to offer something, which is essentially our energy and our light. And then in return, the land is also giving us gifts. So just as we've gone there and we've made these offerings, the land has also in turn given us gifts and keys and activations and I think a lot of that's still unfolding for us like we we probably don't even really know and understand and appreciate all that's transpired but we can kind of feel that there's magic that's unfolded and some things we do know but some things are probably yet to be revealed but yeah just really wanting to acknowledge as you mentioned the shamans and the wisdom keepers and those beautiful it was mainly women who are holding They live on that land and they're holding a frequency. They're deeply connected to to those lands and they were then able to assist us on the journey and I think moving forward, that's something that we will continue to do is collaborate with those um, local people um, who, yeah, hold so many keys and, and like we're just visitors on that land but there's people who actually are keeping that ancient wisdom and tradition alive. So that's really important to us as well. So I guess, Tony, I would love now to talk a little bit about our next our next chapter, I guess. And so would you like to share how it's come through for you and, and what you're feeling into for this next chapter together?
1: Yeah. So oh, it's so exciting. I suppose one thing I just, I felt so cold actually when you were speaking there to really, yeah, emphasize and highlight the absolutely powerful and utterly magical women that came on that retreat or the retreat, the pilgrimage with us recently. Oh my God, absolutely spectacular women. And like you were saying, the pilgrimage is a soul's call, I think your soul feels called to be on these pilgrimages. There's a divine plan before we came here that that each of us are are playing a pivotal role in what needs to unfold at that time. Everybody contributes their energy and their knowledge and their wisdom that they hold within their, their body and their soul. They may not even have a full understanding, like you were saying, of what that may be, but. You know, I think it was so beautiful hearing everybody's stories about their call to be on that specific pilgrimage. Their soul just knew that they needed to be there. There was a deeper understanding and knowing. And when we all met, half of us didn't know each other. I I hadn't met most of the women. And literally within the space of a couple of hours in the car, it was like we'd all known each other for years. There was a knowing there that was just so magic. (laughs) And, oh, it was just so powerful. So although I had initially been speaking into the experience from a personal perspective and obviously the the unity that Iris and I had brought to it, that pilgrimage wouldn't have been possible without those beautiful souls that came to be with us on that. And the reason that I highlight that is because for for our, our future, the pilgrimages to these sacred magical sites to do the work that we need to do, perhaps it will be different souls that are called to be with us because we need their energy and the vibrational energy that they hold and that they keep will be pivotal to that site. So I feel if your soul feels called and you feel a deep connection with what Iris and I are saying, like touch base with us and and just reach out so we can, we can connect. I feel like soul family we're all there's a a crazy time of conscious ascension going on at the moment where if you feel called to to be united with us come and come and get in touch but essentially within the week or two of getting back it was almost like we had had such an energetic Mm -hmm. upgrade and the light that we were holding was so big coming back I didn't actually really fully appreciate or acknowledge how much. My own energy had shifted during that time. How much had been released and purged and how much had changed until I came back to the real world again. And we weren't all holding space for each other anymore. We were just getting back to the normal day to day of like of our existence. It was so jarring. And it took time to settle into that energy. And I was finding it really interesting because when I was meeting people, obviously the new energy I was bringing to the space was rattling up stuff inside of them to be looked at and to be healed. So it was having this ripple effect on my entire world when I got back. And I really thought to myself, I need to ground down here because this has been such a huge, huge trip. And obviously you have the pining for all the souls that you were with in that magical time. So you're kind of going through a grief of not, <laughs> of not seeing them on the day to day anymore. Um, and I kind of thought it would take time before we get the next soul's call to go on the next mission. And I think to myself, the Lionscape portal was so powerful. I was thinking, is this going to happen like once a year? Are we going to be doing this for years and years and years or... What's going to be happening? Like, I wonder when Spirit's going to give us the call again. So when I finally started to feel grounded after about two weeks, (laughs) I had this message to just contact my friend who lived in California. And I contacted her and I was like, I don't know why I feel so drawn to come and see you. I was like, but I feel I need to be on the West Coast of the States. I was like, I feel I need to be close to the West Coast of the States. And I've quickly just had a look at my phone. And I think maybe around the 18th or 19th of September would be a good time for me to come and visit. And I thought to myself, Tony, you're literally just back from this pilgrimage. Where are you going to be fine at the time or the money to be jet setting off <laughs> to see your friend over on the West Coast of the States? But I just had this yearning or this deep feeling in my body that I needed to be there. And then Iris leaves me a message the next day. <laughs> and it was essentially like, Tony, I feel the call that we need to go to the next chakra to do the next part of our journey. And I've roughly had a little look at the dates. And I think the 18th or 19th September is going to be the time when we need to go. <laughs> and specifically... We need to go to the West Coast of the United States to California. And I was like, oh, my God. Well, if the two of us are getting the call for the exact same dates, this is obviously spirit going through again <laughs> with the next part of the mission. So the two of us really sat down to do some vision questing about this. And I went deep into my mantra work and I did some journeying and asked my guides how that this was going to work out. And essentially, Iris did exactly the same thing. The two of us united the next day and the plans literally completely unified. (laughs) And the soul's goal was to go to the root chakra of Mount Shasta. And within 24 hours, basically, Iris had organized the entire thing. and. I had deep messages from Spirit and my guides as to what needed to take place in the lead up to that in preparation. And we both basically completely united on the dates, the times, where we needed to go for everything. So I feel it's a very clear, clear message that, that we need to be in Manchester um, for the equinox that's coming up uh, in uh, towards the end of September. So, yes, that is that's how it all came to pass for the for the next part of the journey
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's actually just unbelievable listening to you share that, but it's been such a whirlwind because you were home for two weeks, but I was literally home for a few days because I didn't arrive home till the fourteenth of September. So it was within the week of being home. they started coming through, and I was still very jet lagged and hadn't slept properly I was like, I just don't know. I did know, but my human <laughs> was struggling. But something I feel important to share about this, I think this is a really, really important thing to say, is that our personal experiences and certainly the women that came to the pilgrimage, they had, although they had the deep call and one of the women, she she shared that when she saw the informational PDF, so she opened it and she was in Target or somewhere like that, she started crying. So she shut the, she shut the document and thought, right, I'm just having a moment. And then she thought, I wonder if I look at it again, if I'll have the same thing. So she opened it again and started crying. So it was like her soul knew that it moved her to, on such a deep level that it brought her to tears. So the soul knows, but it's not to say that the human and our 3D existence and that physical reality does not. I don't want to say hinder, but it's like everyone had the experience of, of blocks that came up and things to overcome, whether that was around money or time or childcare or things with partners or whatever it was, everyone had their own journey. And the reason I feel that's important to mention is because unlike a retreat where, say, you might have 12 months or six months notice, and you can do a payment plan and you can get your affairs in order. The nature of the pilgrimage is it's like there's a call and oftentimes it will be, you know, like in this instance, in four weeks, you'll be at Manchester. And so it is, you know, what we're stepping into is trust and surrender and faith. And also another important piece of like our own willingness of like, well, what would we be prepared to do? Because we all have so many avenues to to make things happen. And it may be that you want to sell some items or that you take on extra shifts or you ask to borrow money or whatever it is, you enroll other people to assist you. Like one of the women that came, she really had to overcome what a lot of people would consider is like insurmountable obstacles around care with her children. And she just was like, I'm just willing to do whatever it takes to make this happen. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I do feel a call and I feel a resonance and my soul is having I'm getting the spirit tingles as you say, Tony. Uh, But I just couldn't because of I couldn't get time off or I, I couldn't this that or the other. It's like just to really check in with is that actually true or is that just a story that you know that you've you've subscribed to is that a limitation that you've placed upon yourself because often the limitations are our own making and I feel really comfortable saying that because I've definitely had a massive journey with that myself like even stepping into this space again I've been like I'm not even home a week and the next pilgrimage is coming through like there's a lot that comes up because it's not logical It doesn't make sense. It's the soul's call. So I just wanted to share that. But yeah, I feel we will come back on again. Obviously, we'll come back and share about our next instalment. And there's so much to say, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity, Tony, to share about what you personally um, are offering at the moment, how people can work with you, maybe people from different places around the world, like how can they connect with you and what are you offering at the moment
1: yeah so there's yeah there's a good few things at the moment that are going on so I do one-to-one sessions in person in my practice but also via zoom as well so I work from an intuitive perspective so whether that's in person or via zoom essentially it's connecting in with someone's energy and and obviously, from my medical practice, I want to know my medical training more. So I want to know kind of what organs you're holding density in and um, and really start to tease out exactly what mental and emotional processes may have contributed to maybe some sludge in the energy field within that space. So it goes deep into the mental piece. It goes deep into the emotional piece, into trauma work. And. Um, Some of my clients come to me and they say, oh, my God, that was like 10 therapy sessions in one. (laughs) And I work with the most spectacular psychotherapist who's a a body worker as well. She can feel the energy in, in someone's body, too. And she's like, I just what's important with some of her trauma work, she guides them on a journey that eases into things. Whereas I think when people come to see me, I want to get to the root cause of a lot of the issues that are going on. Generally, it's a handful of sessions where we go deep, we do some energy clearing and we do some healing work and whether that involves kind of some nutrition and some lifestyle augmentation as well in order to kind of cultivate the best energetic system in the body that will lend its hand to mental, emotional and physical clarity and well-being. So that's in person via Zoom. I also do workshops as well. I do a lot of womb healing as, work as well. I do love to work with women. Now, womb healing isn't restricted to, to women either. I can work with the sacral energies in, in men. And they're locally in Ireland. And I'll be announcing some workshops that people are in, in Ireland that I'll be doing in person. And at the moment, I'm developing some online workshops that people can do. I'm currently running an online programme looking at the energy system and all of the the chakras where we do some breath work, some journaling, some really focused meditation work and some distance healing for each of the chakras. And I'll be releasing that course in the coming weeks as a standalone course people can do in their own time. And I'm just starting up some online meditation practices, which I'll be doing weekly. One of them will be to work with the Ascended Masters. I'll be doing a, a new Ascended Master each week to tune into their energy and And receive any activations and messages that they want us to have and i'll also be doing a weekly anchoring the light meditation and that will pretty much i'm planning on doing that every week in a similar format so we'll just become anchors for light and we'll send light out to the world and send light into into mother earth and that's just to unite people around the world in love and gratitude and and peace so, there's a couple of things going on. You can get me on Instagram as at the intuitive medic, or you can visit my website, which is www.intuitivehealth.ie. And there's more information on my website there. You can get in touch with me via either of those platforms if you even if you just want to come and say hi. <laughs> so, that's that's me at the moment. So, lots going on, lots on offer, lots being developed. <laughs>
0: Yeah, beautiful. And I'll put all of your links um, below when I post this uh, episode. And I just feel to share. So obviously we have Mount Shasta next month, September. So that's beginning on the 20th of September through to the 25th in Mount Shasta, California. And if you are interested, please reach out to us. And the other thing is that we will be doing retreats. So we'll be doing things next year in Ireland and probably many other places, but we're going to share about that as well. So if you feel like, oh, I'd love to be part of something like this, but going to California next month's not an option. We will be like, stay tuned because there's there's more to come. I feel that summer next year. So we've mentioned the, the summer solstice that will most likely be doing a retreat in Ireland and visiting sacred sites there. And yeah, that's to be revealed in the due course but I just feel to mention that if people if they're feeling into the energy and they're like oh I couldn't come next month but you know I want to do something with you so I feel that we'll leave it there unless there's anything you would like to say in closing Tony is any sort of final message or anything at all that you feel to share
1: I think I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for the opportunity to be able to chat to you. And it's gorgeous to see your face as well on Zoom. And also, yeah, just just a little bit of a a message or an encouragement for people to. To just take some time. After they've heard this, to just sit with themselves, listen to their intuition, listen to what their soul's telling them. And take the time on the day to day to look for synchronicities that are going on around you, the people that you're meeting. What are the lessons that you need to learn? And Iris, when we were away on our trip, that was one thing that I was like, oh, my God, like the amount of things that I was not seeing and hearing because I actually just wasn't tuning in to just the magic of what was happening around me on the day to day. And Iris has really told me that. And since I've gotten back, there are angel numbers everywhere. There are feathers falling out of the sky onto my body, (laughs) onto my car. Like there's so many magical things happening now that my eyes are open to that. So just believe. That's all I'm saying. Believe in the magic. Believe in the magic around you and start opening your eyes, opening your third eye to actually see all of the magic that exists in this absolutely beautiful world around us. Look for rainbows. Look for feathers for messages from spirit in the most beautiful things in the day today and that's my little departing message
0: (laughs) thank you so much and yeah obviously we'll talk again and and share more but this is just a a brief (laughs) introduction into who you are and what you do and what we do together so I know that there'll be many more chapters to come but thank you for sharing thank you for being here
1: It's so gorgeous, thank you so much It's
0: not goodbye, it's see you later
1: Yes
0: (laughs) Thank you so much for listening If you've enjoyed today's podcast be sure to click subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they're released and if you would like to show your support for the podcast, please leave a review of what you've enjoyed and any donations are also much appreciated you can follow me on Instagram at Becoming Iris Podcast and stay up to date with all of my offerings, including one on one sessions, courses, and retreats. I hope you'll join me next time on Becoming Iris for more starseed stories.